Turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter. We began a series some weeks ago called Fighting the Good Faith Fight. Fighting the Good Faith Fight. And uh, we've already covered a lot of ground, so if you haven't been with us, let me encourage you, go online, download the previous messages, watch them, and Get caught up with us because everything we're saying now connects with what we've already gone over. And uh, there's an important principle. We, we can't review everything, obviously, every service. So you'd never get to the next things. But we need to watch about trying to uh, talk to people about something that God's been ministering to us on for the last 10 years. And it's brand new to them. And we're trying to talk to them where we are on it now. And they don't relate. You wouldn't relate either. It took you this long to get to this point in it. Seeing it like that. Thinking about it like that. I I noticed uh, when there was controversy in the body of Christ. In the book of Acts. About what had happened with uh, Peter going to the Gentiles' house and preaching to them and in other situations like that. The Bible said they rehearsed to them from the beginning. Do you hear that phrase? Of what, uh, what God said. Because all they heard was you went to Gentiles and you preached in their house, which just was not done. <laughs> I know that might sound strange to us, but in that day... It was not done. Everybody considered it error and big time mistake. But what the Lord helped Peter to do is rehearse from the beginning. How the Lord supernaturally ministered to him in that trance on the housetop. You remember that? And then how they went over there and he just still didn't know why they were there. And then Cornelius told him an angel had appeared to him. And what he told him to send and even gave his soldiers Peter's address where he was staying. I mean, supernatural. Well, see, as they're hearing all this, they're thinking, well, okay, that's different. That's, I didn't, hadn't heard all that. I mean, we got God moving over here. We got God moving over there. And by the time he got through going through the whole thing, they said, well, God's granted salvation to the Gentiles. And they, they were no longer at odds. So uh, th- this is no doubt something that will mean something to you. Could be this afternoon. Yeah. Or next week by the Spirit of God. Something comes up and you can tell people are not, they're not with you. Slow down. Back up. Go to the beginning. Yeah. Right? Are y'all with me? Yeah. Help them to see how you got here. And while you're doing that, the Spirit of God can be working on them, helping them. Hallelujah. Did you find in uh, 1 Timothy 6, 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Must be some fighting going on, huh? Fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto you are also called. So. uh, What we're talking about involves fighting. 
And it involves laying hold on. And he said, and you've professed a good profession before many witnesses. And it involves confession. Same word translated as King James, profess, translated confess. And then later we see in this next verse, it talks about Jesus witnessing a good confession in front of Pontius Pilate. And the confession that he made was that the reason he had come was to bear witness to the truth. Hallelujah. And that's when uh, Pilate said, what is truth? Which he just, he was clueless about. He was in the dark, wasn't he? And so uh, we see already that this good faith fight involves fighting. It involves laying hold or holding on to. It involves confession. Now, uh, go with me over to 2 Corinthians And let's look again at how we wage the spiritual warfare. There are a lot of ideas about spiritual warfare in the body of Christ. Faith people, charismatic folks, Pentecostal folks. Different groups have different ideas and concepts of what this even means. Spiritual warfare. How many have heard More than a thing or two about spiritual warfare. Well, what is it? What is it really? And uh, in order for something to be scriptural, do you know what you need for it? Scriptures. Do you have examples in the word of what you're doing and calling spiritual warfare? Did Jesus do it? Did Paul do it? Did Peter do it? Where? Where do you see them doing it? It's quiet in here. That could eliminate a whole lot of things. If we set that as our standard. But if that's not our standard. What is our standard? What are we getting it from? 2 Corinthians 10. Verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. So this fight is not a flesh fight. We're going to see in just a few moments in Ephesians 6, we don't wrestle, we don't struggle against flesh and blood. Is there a spiritual warfare? Yes, there is. Is it physical fighting? No. Is it fighting people? No. No. It's not. Keep going. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're real, but they're not natural. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And I'm I'm believing before we get through with this, we're going to go over our weaponry. And it is mighty. Hallelujah. Believe with me for light and revelation and utterance beyond what we've had. Hallelujah. And we're going to talk about the uh, breastplate of righteousness. We're going to talk about the helmet of salvation. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. How many think there's some powerful things to be seen about here? Even much more than we have seen. So, so be it. Just ask with me right now. Say, Father, we ask you for more light, more revelation on our weapons. On our armor than we've ever seen 
than we've ever had. We ask you for it. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Well, is it his will to give it to us? You know it is. Well, then we know we have the petitions we asked of him. And let's just expect it. He said, casting down imaginations. Now, this is the warfare. But it's not spectacular enough for a lot of people. (laughs) They make it something else. And they think, well, Brother Keith, I thought you were more enlightened. Don't you know what it is? (laughs) Now, we just prayed for, ask for utterance, right? I, I got a lot of things in me about this. And I only want to give what we're supposed to give, go where we're supposed to go. That's it. But uh, again, what do you need in order to be scriptural? Scriptures. So whatever it is you're doing and calling it spiritual warfare, where's your scripture? Where is it? Here is scripture. Is he talking about spiritual warfare here? No doubt. And so what is he mentioned specifically in spiritual warfare? Casting down imaginations. What is an imagination? Here's another word for you. Fantasy. It includes fantasy. What is a fantasy? A fantasy is something that's not real. Something that's false. It's not real. Imaginations comes from the word image. It's not something you're seeing with your physical eyes. It's something you're seeing in your mind. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You could say also the truth of God's word. The revelation of God, what's real. What's true? What's right? God is real. God is true. What he says is real. Now we're going to, we're going to touch on this again, but we mentioned these questions to ask. We should be asking ourselves this on a regular basis. Is it true? How do I know it's true? And what else is true? Say that out loud with me, please. Is it true? How do I know it's true? And what else is true? What else in connection with that? See, sometimes people, they get on a truth, but then they try to make that all there is. And it becomes wrong. Grace only is an undivided message. And it's not right. Faith only is an undivided message. And not right. Prosperity only. If that's all you preach on. You get off. Y'all understand? If that's all you preach on. Deliverance. 
if that's all you preach on. It's an undivided word. How many know the scripture said that the word should be what? Rightly divided. How do you rightly divide a truth? With other truth. Which is why you need to say, is it true? And then eventually you need to say, what else is true? Because see, the enemy tried to tempt Jesus with scripture. Didn't he? And the scripture was true. But at that point, what did Jesus need to know? He needed to know what else is true. It is true. He'll give his angels charge over you. Now see, that's why some people holler go, well, it's verses, verses, verses. I know. I was saying the same thing 30 years ago about some things. Well, they got verses. They got verses. Well, the devil's got verses. And uh, I said something. I've, I've been saying it for years. Somebody noticed it more in recent times and wrote me an ugly letter. <laughs> That's not the first one I got. I made this statement that the spirit of a person is more important than their doctrine. And uh, I've had some people take me to task about that. Well, Brother Keith, no. Now, I'm a Bible teacher. Do you think that I don't think good doctrine's important? I don't believe I ever said doctrine's not important. It's vitally important. But the truth is, none of us are perfect in doctrine. None of us. Nobody you know. Not your favorite preacher. Whoever they may be. You know why? Because like Paul, they only know in part. And because they only know in part, there's parts you don't know. And the parts you don't know are the holes where your doctrine is imperfect and incomplete. And I even asked the Lord about that. Recently, I made the statement with greater fervor. And I knew there'd be some backlash. I said, Lord, do I really want to say this again? <laughs> say this like, and he, he brought to my attention the verse. And I should have said it, and, and I didn't say it at the time. But I'm saying it now. <laughs> he said, do you remember the scripture says, try the spirits. Didn't he say that? Yes. Where does the verse say, try the doctrines? <laughs> try the spirits. So even though somebody's using scriptures, that doesn't mean you just swallow it hook, line, and sinker because scriptures can be misused and misinterpreted. And, and you certainly you want to take everything back to the word. Yes, yes, a thousand times, yes. But while you're hearing scriptures quoted, you want to check inside you what kind of spirit is this? And how many would understand if you're ministering by the right spirit, how bad's your doctrine going to be? You're ministering by the Holy Spirit? How far off is your doctrine going to be? So the spirit you should pay more attention to even than the scriptures people use. And I know that may sound like a startling concept. But search it out. Did the Bible say try the spirits? Yes. 
It did. It did. Second Corinthians. Spiritual warfare casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is the spiritual warfare. This is it. Say it out loud. This, this is, spiritual is spiritual warfare. This is. Now, a whole lot of folks think that they are beyond that and they're in the whole other realm of things and they're so spiritual. But the truth is, a lot of folks are beating the air. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. Paul said, I run not as uncertainly, I fight not as one beating the air. You can fight and work up a big sweat and feel like you did something. And never hit a thing. Just shadow boxing. Beating the air. Now we've prayed. And I trust you're in faith with us. I'm be- I've been on it for a few years now. And I'm on it stronger than ever before. I'm believing God. To see what is him. And what is not him. Are you with me? I'm, I'm with it. Everything I got. I'm believing God. I want to get rid of the religious junk. And we're foolish if we think we don't have any of it. And I don't care if people have believed it and done it for 500 years. It could have been wrong 500 years ago and still wrong now. I want to know, don't you? And if it's something I've been doing for 20 years, I want to see it. And I'll say, I've been wrong. I'll tell you if I need to, and we'll change, we'll make some changes. If we need to change the service, if we need to change what we're doing, I want to know. Life is too short to waste it on a bunch of nothing stuff, vanity, doing things that'll never produce any results, that'll never accomplish anything. Say it out loud again. Father, show us, please, what is really you and what is not you. What is true and what is lies? What is really you and what is just men's ideas? Religious tradition. We're asking in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Are we in faith? We're believing for an opening of the eyes. Now, some of it won't make you happy. Some of it you'll go, I have wasted so much time. But better to find out now than waste another 40 years doing it. (laughs) Glory to God. Ephesians 6. Go on over there with me, please. Ephesians 6 and verse 10. I'm going to read in the Amplified. This is talking about spiritual warfare and fighting the good fight. He said in Ephesians 6, 10, I'm reading the Amplified, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him. Hallelujah. In the power of his might. Verse 11, put on God's whole armor that you may be able successfully to do what? To stand up against. And that's a good translation. Stand up against what? What? 
the power of the devil. No. No. The what? Strategies and deceits of the devil. Now, friend, this is one of the one of the biggest revelations I've seen so far in this. We Christians should have absolutely zero fear of the devil, demons, and evil spirits. I mean none. If we really knew who they are, what they are, and their current state after Jesus has gotten through with them, we would not fear them at all. But you know what we should be concerned about and ever watchful and on our guard against? Being deceived. It is a present danger every time you open your eyes in the morning. And even though the devil has been stripped and defeated and is positionally under our feet, if he can get you to believe lies... He can rob you and strip you and devour you and destroy you. Even though he has no right to do it and doesn't have the power to do it against your will. I'm going to say it again. When you know the truth, you won't be afraid of the devil at all. At all. See, people got all this Hollywood stuff built up in their mind about this great big fire-breathing awful being that just scare you literally to death to see him or hear him. No, he doesn't come like that. He's a con man. He transforms himself into an angel of light. Have you read that? And so do his ministers. If you're looking for horns and a pitchfork, you're not going to see it. He doesn't come that way. What Paul said in 2 Corinthians, he said, I fear lest you be removed from the simplicity that's in Christ, your mind be corrupted and you be deceived like Eve was. What was Paul concerned about with the Corinthians? Not that the devil was too powerful for him or was too much for him and could just run in and overcome him and destroy him. That's a lie. What was he concerned about? That they be deceived. That they get deceived. Is deception a very real threat to you and me every day? And this is where the fight comes in. How do you fight? Quote scripture for me. Casting down. Imagine. What is this imagination? It's something false. It's something wrong. That the enemy is trying to convince you of. And every thought. Bringing it to the obedience. Bringing it under submission. To the word of truth. Saying no that can't be right. The Bible says this. I'm not believing that. I'm not believing it now. I'm not believing it tomorrow. Or next year or ever. Which is also why you need to know the word. How are you going to identify a lie? How do you even know it's a lie? The only way you'd know it's a lie is by comparing it against the truth. And that's why you shall know the truth. Oh, come on, help me out. You shall know the truth 
and the truth will make you free. Keep reading. Ephesians 6. You'll be able to successfully stand up against all the strategies and deceits of the devil. Keep going. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood. Let's get our eyes off of people. People are not preventing us from receiving from God. People are not standing in the way of us fulfilling God's plan for our life. They're just not that big. Unless you believe it. If you believe you can't do it because of them, then you're stuck. Your problem is not flesh and blood. The devil will try to convince you. You know what the devil has been all too successful in doing? Getting us to fight each other. Instead of him. It shows how crafty he is. You know if husbands and wives. Husbands and wives. Would just come to their senses. In the middle of their heated argument. And go. You're not my enemy. And they go. You're not my enemy. That's right. We're not the problem. They're doing this. And if they just immediately turn. And fight the devil. Boom. Things have changed just like that. Say it out loud. Quit fighting each other. And resist the devil. That's what you do. What do I do with the devil, demons, evil spirits? What do I do with them? You resist them. That's the main thing you do day in, day out. You resist. Look, he already mentioned stand against We're wrestling not against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against despotisms, powers, and principalities is what the King James says. The world rulers of this present darkness. Rulers of what? Darkness. How do these evil spirits rule in the earth? Not through sheer power. They do it through darkness. If you're in darkness, you're deceived. If you're deceived, do you know you're deceived? See, that's where the danger is. If you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. You're believing something is true that is not true. You didn't cast down an imagination. You didn't grab that and say, this is not true. You became convinced of it. You bought into it. You kept thinking about it until you began to believe it. And now you're in bondage. And how many realize millions on this earth are in bondage and don't even know it? And many Christians are in bondage and don't even realize it. Christians everywhere are being attacked and don't even realize they're under attack. How would you know you're under attack? Because this is all subterfuge. This is all deception. This is all backdoor stuff. How would you know you're under attack? Is this worth talking about? Let's go back to scriptures. Eve was attacked. Eve was deceived. Adam followed right in with her. 
How was she attacked? How was she attacked? Do we have a record of her under attack? By the devil himself. And did he jump out with weapons and breathe fire and go, Ah, I'm going to get you. Uh -uh. No. He's talking to her. He's suggesting things to her. He's presenting ideas to her, thoughts to her, bringing feelings to her that are contrary to what God said. Is that right? Anytime thoughts and feelings are coming to you that are contrary to what God said, you are under attack. You are under attack. And you don't need to get five spiritual people to come scream at the devil with you for half the night. (laughs) Because you can do that, and unless you do something with your mind, you are just beating the air. Nothing is going to change and happen. They rule through darkness and against spiritual forces in the heavenly sphere. And that that word literally means above the sky, not in the earth's atmosphere that we breathe, above that, beyond that. Now, these beings are real, you know, the, the reality is more like a space show than a lot of people's church idea. There are extraterrestrials. They're not from earth. They didn't come from earth. There are beings that are operating outside of our planet and atmosphere. Now that's not what most folk believe sitting up in church, is it? They're like, they're like, ooh, I don't like thinking about those things. (laughs) You're not thinking right if you're scared of the devil. And I know because most people are on some degree. But you've got no reason to be scared of the devil. What you do need to be on the watch for is what? Help me out. What? Lies. Deception. It is a continuous threat. And if you don't resist it, you'll get in all kind of trouble. I want to read to you from Brother Hagin's book, I Believe in Visions. And you know I don't do this very often. But I believe this to be so significant that I don't want to try to quote it. I want to read it directly. It's from his book, I Believe in Visions. It's chapter 4. We don't carry this book. You'll, If you want it and you don't have it, you'll have to go to their ministry and, and get it. But uh, he recounts, Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven now, he recounts of how in 1952, in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, tiny little town southeast Oklahoma, right across the Texas line, he was having a meeting there, and he and the pastor and the family were having a sandwich after the service at night, and they knelt down to pray, and when he did, he, he was in the spirit, and he said Jesus came and spoke to him for an hour and a half about the devil and evil spirits and how they function and operate. Now, when you hear something like that, you have to make a decision on it. Is Brother Hagin just make this up? You know, did he just fabricate all this? Or is he delusional? 
Does he have, you know, mind issues? Or did it really happen? Obviously, I believe it really happened. And uh, the reasons I believe it really happened is it bears witness with my spirit. And I see verses for every part of it. In fact, he recounts how the Lord gave him verses multiple for everything he showed him and told him. It's just the word. And it is very different than a lot of people think. And spiritual warfare, a part of this, it'll just upend some people's doctrines if they believe it. And again, what do you need in order to be scriptural? That's what I thought. I want to read some of this to you. And I encourage you to get the book. If you don't have the book, it's an outstanding book. He recounts the visitations he's had from the Lord. Now, these don't happen all the time, and they don't happen for everybody. And this wasn't just for Brother Hagin. This was for the body. This is for the church. I won't read all of it. Obviously, we don't have the time. But he said, uh, he said the Lord said to me, I will show you how these spirits, talking about evil spirits, get a hold of people and dominate them, even Christians, if they allow them to do it. Now, did you hear that part? Did you hear that part? Said out loud, if they allow them. Does that sound like Satan goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour? You should have, I should have zero fear that the devil can just come in and do something to us because he wants to. He can't. He can't. The only thing he can do is what we allow him to do. But the problem is millions are allowing him to do all kind of stuff and don't even realize they're allowing him to do it because he's that crafty. Don't underestimate. You hear people talk about old dumb slew foot. He's been around for millennia. He's seen everything. He's manipulated human beings ever since Adam and Eve. You will not get anywhere underestimating your enemy. He is very, very crafty. Tricky. Tricky. Oh, but greater is he. Come on, the greater is he. That's in you and me than he that's in the world. And God is, do you believe God is faithful? No matter how the enemy might try to trick you, will God be right there? Will he be right there to help you and show you? You can count on it. The question is, will you listen? That's the issue. Will you listen? Will you be teachable? Will you be correctable? Will you be willing to repent? He, I'm reading what he said the Lord told him. He said, the Lord said, there are four classes of demons or evil spirits. They're divided into four groups as mentioned in Ephesus. And he talks about principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. He said, uh, these four divisions he meant, that I just named, he said, the highest spirits with which you have to deal are the rulers of the darkness of this world. In other words, we don't personally deal with wicked spirits in heavenly places. Hmm. It's really quiet in here now. He went on talking to me about the fact that the Word of God says the whole world lies in darkness. 
And he referred to a number of scriptures. He said the believer is called light and the unbeliever is called darkness. And the whole world is under the influence of darkness. He said it again. The Lord went on to to say these are the highest types of demons with which you will deal with on earth. The rulers of the darkness of this world. They rule all unsaved people and all of them are in darkness. They rule over them and dominate them. And that's why people do and say the things uh, they don't intend to. That's why some good people will say, I would never do anything like that. And before a year has passed, they've done something worse. It's because they're dominated by the rulers of the darkness of this world. They're in the kingdom of darkness. And whether you want to admit it or not, even your close friends and relatives, whoever they may be, if they're unsaved, they are dominated by these spirits who are rulers of the darkness of this world. And uh, there's a lot more that he went on to say. He talked about the different types and ranks. And he said the lowest type of these demons have very little to do. They do very little thinking on their own. They're just told what to do. So, you know, again and again, if something's trying to bother you, it's not necessarily the devil himself (laughs) in person. It's one of these emissaries of his. And if you saw them, you wouldn't be scared of them. You'd think, you little, get out of here, right? You would. But you don't see it, and they don't come across that way. He said, now I will show you how these evil spirits get a hold of people when they're allowed to. Don't you like that phrase? When they're allowed to. He said, the Lord said this to me, and then suddenly in the vision I saw a woman. I immediately recognized her as being the former wife of a minister. I had been introduced to her and her husband on one occasion and shook hands with them. Other than that, I didn't know either of them and had had no communication with either of them in any way. I only knew, had heard that she had left her husband. And the Lord said, this woman was a child of mine. She was in the ministry with her husband. She was filled with the Spirit. And even the gifts of the Spirit were operating in her life. And one day an evil spirit came to her and whispered in her ear. Now she's under attack. Can you see this? What, how was she attacked? It came to her. Did she see it? No, she didn't see it. And it whispered in her ear. How did that come through that it whispered in her ear? It came into her mind. The mind is the entry point. The mind is the battleground. It always starts in the mind. Always. Always. And uh, this evil spirit came and whispered to her, you are a beautiful woman. You could have had fame, popularity, and wealth, but you've been cheated in life by following the Christian walk. She and her husband were pastors of a very small rural Pentecostal church. And I'm sure they didn't have any revelation of prosperity at that time. And uh, she's obviously pretty and she has a good singing voice. But the enemy has come and he's attacking her. Has she been robbed? Has she been robbed? Being called into the ministry. Huh? 
Got a husband that loves her. Got kids. Got people in the church that love her. She's she's born again. Her name is in the Lamb's book of life. She's being used in the gifts of the Spirit. Come on, are you listening? God's using her in ministry along with her husband. Is she robbed? No. No, her name is not on the marquee in lights. No, she doesn't have a billion dollars in the bank. But is she robbed? No. Should she feel sorry for herself? No. No. But that's what the enemy is after. And it always, the hook is always about you being deprived or mistreated. They owe you. You should have. They should have done. Oh, friend, beware of this. Beware of this. Be on your guard against any of these feelings, any of these thoughts. You see one of the strongest reactions out of Jesus over this very thing. You remember when he was telling them? The Son of Man is going to be scourged. He's going to be crucified. And Peter took him aside and said, no, 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 no. This shall not be to you. And the margin says, the Greek says, pity thyself. Take pity on yourself. Anybody remember what Jesus did when he said that? Come on, help me. What did Jesus? He wheeled around. What? Satan, get behind me. Get out of here. What is that? That is resisting the devil. That is standing against and resisting, which is the number one way you fight. It is the number one way spiritual warfare is exercised, is in resisting the devil. There needs to be times thoughts and feelings come to you. They should have used you on that. They should have given you that. You should have. He just doesn't appreciate you. She doesn't respect you at all. She doesn't appreciate you. You've given 30 years of your life to this person. And what did they do? Nothing. They, they forgot this. And they didn't even do this. And they didn't care if you had this or that. You are being attacked. There is a direct assault happening on you right now. Come on, can you see this, friends? And if you go, yeah, I deserve better. I should have better. I'm too good for him. I'm too good for her. It can happen with ministers, it can happen with everybody. I know a minister friend of mine, he's, he's in heaven now. Wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. I guess this is 25 years ago. He just got through building a church. And he built some of it with his own hands. And put all his money into it. And I mean he and his wife and his family. They poured their life into this place. And came Christmas time. And after Christmas. He called in to the director of the ministries there. That was over him. And he said you need to get somebody to come take this church. He said what? You just got through your new building and I thought everything was going so good. He said, no, no, we're leaving. You need to get somebody to come take this thing. He called his name. He said, well, I don't understand this. I, what do you, what, where'd all this come from? He said, well, you know, it's Christmas time. He said, yeah. He said, do you know what our whole church got together and gave us for Christmas? He said, no. He said, a framed five by seven picture of Jesus. 
a five by seven picture of Jesus from the whole church to our whole family with love. He said, they don't care if we're, they don't appreciate everything that we've done. They don't, they could care less whether we're here or not. I'm leaving. I'm gone. Now tell me what's happening. He and they are under attack. Are the church people their problem? No, flesh and blood is not your problem. Is spiritual activity going on here? Just like that spirit came to that woman and is whispering this. Where did he get all the stuff he just told this guy? Where did he get that? They don't appreciate you. After all these years of ministry. And that's the best they can do. They don't care. I'm not staying. Five by seven. (laughs) This could have got a bigger one, right? (laughs) At least a big nice one, you know, a big nice. Friend, please hear what the Spirit of God is saying. You have no right. No right to say, you should have done this for me. I deserve better. That's devilish. Don't care who it is, you, me, and it is dangerous. Oh, it's dangerous. Far more dangerous than most people realize. Well, this man he's talking to is a wise man. He called his name. He said, now listen, you told me how that God supernaturally sent you all there and you pioneered that church. Hadn't God sustained you? You just got through building this new building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they don't appreciate me. He said, I'm I'm leaving. He said, now hold on. Who sent you there? He He said, has the Lord released you and sent you somewhere else? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know about all that, but, but you better send somebody up here because I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving. And, and praise God, he talked to him another little bit and he said, well, okay. Yeah, I can't say the Lord has given me orders to go somewhere else. Okay. And so I'll stay a month and I'll stay. And it turned into years and years and the rest of his life. Praise God. But anytime you get to thinking about how you've been done wrong I should have had this. I could have had this. I deserve. You are being attacked by the devil. I want you to keep keep listening to this. He said this evil spirit came to her and whispered in her ear. You're a beautiful woman. What's he appealing to? Her vanity. Is that right? You could have had fame. You could have had popularity and you could have had wealth. What's he saying to her? Now these are not words she's hearing, but these thoughts are coming to her mind and they come with feelings. They're accompanied with feelings and these feelings are real. They're spiritual, but they're not God. He's telling her every time she goes in their little house, look at this pitiful little house. Every time she can't buy everything she wants to at the grocery store, they're riding in the 20-year-old car, 15-year-old, whatever. You're a beautiful woman. You're a knockout. Your voice is every bit as good as these people you hear on the radio and TV. You could live in a mansion. You could have this. You could be this. Every time she's scrubbing the floor. Somebody could be scrubbing the floor for you. 
Somebody could be helping you. Look at you. You're a knockout. Your voice is amazing. Is the devil saying that because he's impressed with her? He doesn't care about her. Has she really been robbed in life? No, she's about to get robbed in life. Come on, can you see this? She's about to lose everything she's got. And you reckon she even realized she was under attack? Well, obviously she did at one point because the Lord said she recognized this is Satan. Well, you know, she's a spiritual woman. She's being used in the gifts of the Spirit. She ministers with her husband. It says, she said, Satan, I resist you in the name of Jesus. And he left her for a while. Did she do the right thing right here? What did she do? She resisted. What do you do again? You resist it. You say, get out of here. But he came back again. Will the devil come back again? He is a persistent cuss. And he sat on her shoulder. And he whispered the same things in her ear. Why the same things? There's no need coming up with something new. This is the thing that appeals to her. He knows part of her wants to hear this. That's why he keeps feeding it to her. This time, she began to entertain these thoughts because she liked to think, oh, did you hear that, that she was beautiful. And as she began to think along the lines that the devil suggested to her, she became obsessed with that thinking. What does that mean, obsessed with that thinking? That means you think about it all the time. Now, you're not trying to resist it. You have chosen to think about it. And he said, in the vision, I saw the woman become transparent as glass. And I saw in her mind a black dot. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's in her mind. Is this spiritual warfare? What's happening with her now? She's losing. Can you see this? She's losing at this point. He said the, the, the black dot represents the fact that she is obsessed in her thinking with this spirit. The Lord said at first she was oppressed on the outside, but she allowed the devil's suggestions to take hold of her thoughts and her mind became obsessed. Should we be guarding our minds? She wanted to think, I'm a beautiful woman. I could have had wealth and popularity, but I've been robbed. In life. Still it wasn't too late. This is the Lord saying. She could have resisted. She could have refused to think those thoughts. Then the spirit would have fled from her. Does that sound like the Bible? Resist the devil. And what? So what's the, the problem is not the devil. And how big and bad the devil is. What's the problem? The problem is you wanting. To think on that. That's the danger. The spirit would have fled from her and would have remained, she'd have remained free. But she chose otherwise. The devil didn't just come in and do this to her. She had to let him. She had to receive it. Finally, she left her husband and went out into the world, seeking the fame and wealth which the devil offered. She took up with one man after another, see, trying to get to this place of fame that she's talking about. After a time, 
that thing got down into her spirit. In the vision, I saw the black dot move from her head to her heart. And then the woman said, I don't want the Lord anymore. Just leave me alone. And I said, Lord, why are you showing me this to me? Do you want me to pray for this woman? Do you want me to cast the devil out of her? No, the Lord said, I don't want you to pray and cast the devil out of her. He said, because you couldn't anyway. Now, did you hear that? Did you hear what the Lord said? You couldn't anyway. She wants that spirit. And as long as she wants it, she can have it. Now, some folks have suggested that if we'll find out the fullness of our authority in Christ, and if we get enough faith, we will go out here and pull down all the influencing spirits over all the cities and states and countries, and when we do, everybody will come to the Lord. Why hasn't it already happened? Why didn't Jesus do it? I said, why didn't Jesus do it? Why didn't he pull down the spirits influencing Jerusalem and then the whole town come to God? Do we see Jesus and the apostles warring on top of the hill over the spirits over Jerusalem? We do see him sitting there crying over them. Is that right? There are times we can take authority over spirit. Don't misunderstand me. Especially where it concerns us. Our life. My life. I can resist the devil. I can exercise authority over him. And he's got to stop. And he's got to leave. But I'm limited. In that concerning you. And we're limited in that concerning people on the outside. As long as they want to think that. And they want to believe like that. We cannot deliver them from the evil influence just because we want to. Now, I know not everybody might think that's so, but again, did Paul, why didn't he cast down all the spirits influencing Ephesus and Corinth and all of them, including the Roman authorities, come to God and get saved? Why didn't he do that? Why didn't Peter do it? As long as people want to believe these things, and as long as people, when they hear the truth, they don't want the truth, they don't care if it's truth, they reject the truth, they are going to remain under the dominion and power of darkness because they have chosen to believe lies instead of the truth. And they will remain in bondage. It's not the will of God, but if it was any other way, People wouldn't truly have a free will. There's a lot more here. But uh, I won't go into it. In Ephesians 4. Now, if you've been with us, you know I've talked about these things before, some of them. But how many believe this is coming clearer to us than ever before? We're, is there spiritual warfare? How's it waged? Not the way some people are saying. How's it waged? Attacks of thoughts, lies, and feelings against our mind and against our soul. How do you wage 
spiritual warfare. What is your, what do you do with the devil? What do you do with these evil spirits? What do you do? It's simple. Simple. You resist them. That woman did the right thing the first few times. What'd she say? Shut up. Get out of here. What is the correct response? You're beautiful. You've got an amazing voice. You could be somebody. Your husband don't appreciate you. Your kids don't appreciate you. The church doesn't appreciate you. What do you need to say? Come on, help me out. What do you need to say? Lies. 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 I am blessed. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. I got a family. I got a church family. I got people that love me. You think all those men she went to one after another loved her? All the stuff she went through out there? Was it good? Was it? Mm Mm-mm. She wasn't robbed until she believed the lies of the devil. And then she became robbed. Was the devil able to devour her? It's sad. He was able to devour her. But it was only because she let him. She chose to think. How do you respond? Friend, train yourself. Anytime something comes to you, self-pity junk. I deserve better. They owe me. They should have given me. They should have done that. They they should have helped me. They should have involved me. They should have given that to me. Friend, you need to wheel around just like Jesus did. And you need to say, shut up. Shut up. Get out of here. Talk about I deserve. I I don't deserve anything except to die and go to hell. And Jesus saved me. These people don't owe me anything. Look at what they've already done. If they never did another thing for me in my life, they have been good to me. They've blessed me. Letting me to be any kind of a part. I'm blessed. That's how I stay happy. I never let myself think. By the grace of God, I never let myself think. Well, they could have done that or they should have done that. Or why didn't they include me? Why didn't they? That's wrong thinking. I refuse to do that. That'll cause you. You you notice how, how you can tell you're missing it? You get sad. You go. <laughs> How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm okay. What's wrong? Oh, what's the answer? Come on, help me out. What's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> Liar. Just, just standing there lying. What's wrong? The reason why people don't want to tell you is because they're really embarrassed to tell you how selfish they are. Amen. Well. You didn't do this. You should have done that. You don't love me. Well, who said they had to? You don't. Well, I, I forgot to tell you that. that that's, that's one thing that, that man told that pastor. He said, they just don't appreciate me. And that's what he told him. He said, who said they had to? Come on. Did the Lord tell you to go there or not? He said, well, yeah. He said, well, then I suggest you do what the Lord told you to do. Amen. How many think it ain't going to go over too big because you jumped out of your assignment and didn't do the rest of it. And then later on you're standing before the judgment seat of Christ. And he says, why didn't you do what I told you to do? And what are you going to say? They didn't appreciate me. How how, how well do you think that's going to go over? Well, Lord, they didn't appreciate me. He said, did I tell you to do it if they appreciate you? Or did I just tell you to do it? You should not have to have that you should be secure enough strong enough come on blessed enough 
That any time that comes to you, what I do is immediately go into thanksgiving mode. I start thanking God for what I do have and what has been given me and what has been done for me. And I grab that and I cast it down. You lying, sorry devil. You don't care about me. You're you're trying to rob me right now. I'm blessed. I got so much to be thankful for. And if you live in that mode, you stay safe. You won't let those thoughts and feelings come in you and rule you. You won't let yourself get down. You won't let yourself get depressed. You won't let yourself get bitter and angry. And what we're going to see right here is the two biggest ways that he's describing how one yields to the enemy and lets the enemy win. We've already seen it, but we want to just reiterate it. Are you there in Ephesians 4? I want you to say it out loud. I am not ignorant ignorant of Satan's devices. devices. By the grace of God, God, I see him coming. I I recognize recognize his attacks on me. me. And I resist him him. steadfast steadfast in the faith. That means you don't give in to it today. You don't give in to it tonight. You don't give in to it next week. If he comes a thousand times, you resist him a thousand times. Is that right? Ephesians 4. He said, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to do what? deceive you what do you do instead you speak the truth in love and you grow up well how many think it's a good thing to grow up how many think if you grew up you'd quit wearing your feelings on your sleeve anyway is that right quit being such a little whining any baby upset because somebody looked at you wrong or didn't stop and shake your hand the right way how many understand that is being carnal carnal why should they be thinking about you anyway I just don't know if they care about me. Who said they had to? Nobody loves me. Lie. L I E. Lie. God loves you. Come on. Is that right? God loves you. Jesus loves you. And a bunch of people love you whether you want to admit it or not. They love you in spite of you acting like that. They're bound to love you. <laughs> Woo. 21. Well, I'm going to read this in the Amplified. Amplified, verse 21. I'm almost done, I think. He said, assuming that you've really heard him and been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, is he the truth, the way, the life? Keep reading. Strip yourselves of your former nature. And what's one of the biggest ways that you'd see that, which was characterized by your previous manner of life, Becomes corrupt through the lust and desires that spring from what? Delusion. Delusion. You know, having all these affairs will satisfy you and make you happy is a delusion. Stealing the money and doing this will make you, doing these things will make you happy. It's a delusion. Drinking yourself crazy and using all these drugs will satisfy you and make you happy. Somebody say delusion. It's a delusion. It's a fantasy. 
It's not true. It's not true. Be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. Of your what? Your what? That's where the battleground is. And put on the new man. Created in God's image. In true righteousness and holiness. Keep going. Rejecting what? All falsity. When you, I believe our eyes are being opened to this. You begin to notice this all through the New Testament. This thing about light and darkness. Truth and lies. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. Because that's what the struggle is over. Rejecting all falsity and being done now with it. Putting away lying. What King James says. Say it out loud. Rejecting all falseness. And being done with it. Can you be safe as long as you will entertain a lie or be willing to tell lies or think lies? You, you can't be safe. You've got to make up your mind at some point, I am done with deception. I'm done with it. And let everyone express what? Truth with his neighbor for we're all parts of one body and members one of another. That's what will make us free, keep us free. Truth. Keep going. When angry, don't sin. Don't let your wrath last till the sun goes down. So don't you notice he's mentioned two things here. Deception and anger. And you'll find that these are two of the biggest ways people yield to the devil. And give place to the devil. Lying and anger. And they go together. If you believe the lies long enough, what are you going to do? You've been deprived. You've been mistreated. They don't care about you. What's going to happen to you? Well, you're going to get hurt. You're going to feel bad. You're going to feel sad. And then what's going to happen? You're going to get mad. I don't have to take this. I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to be treated like this. I, I, I deserve better. I should have this anger. And oh, in doing that, you are just yielding, yielding, giving place to the devil. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Now this paints such a graphic picture. And one reason I read the Amplified because it brings this and many other translations say the same word foothold. What is a foothold? Have we got any mountain climbers around here? Any hmm? sheer cliff climbers, whatever. What do you need in order to be able to climb? You've got to get you some kind of a, a toehold, especially if you're just climbing by hand, you know, without all some of the gear. You've got to find somewhere to, to get your toe in, somewhere to get a grip, or elsewise you can't get up there. What a picture that paints. The devil can't get up in your life. Come on, can you see this? He can't get up in your life unless he can get a foothold. Something to put his foot on. What is it that he can put his foot on? Lies. You believing lies and you getting angry. If you begin to listen to the lies, he can come on in. He's got a crack in the door. Can you see how he did this with that woman? And she said, shut up and get out. That's not right. Leave. And so, boom, door shut. 
Door to her mind, door to her spirit, door to her life. She's safe. But he comes back. What's he trying to do? Get a little crack in the door. You know you deserve better. You know this is pitiful the way you live. The way they treat you. She said, shut up and get out of here. And he went, oh, 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 okay. I have to come back later. Then what does he do? Comes back. And finally, he probably expected her to run him off again. But this time, she thought, you know, that's right. He doesn't appreciate me. They don't appreciate me. And then that, that, that spirit thought, all right. So he pushes his leg in. And he pushes himself in. Because in essence what's happened. She wants to hear this. Can you see that? She wants to hear this. So now he just feeds it to her. Unrestricted. All day and all night. Until she's obsessed with it. Say it out loud. Leave no such room. Our foothold for the devil. Now, friend, you, me, any of us, if you've got an area of your life that you just can't, hadn't been able to get the victory over, this is where you look. Because authority in Jesus works. The Word works. The power of God works. The will of God does not change. And if you, me, whoever, we have an area that we just, the enemy keeps on being able to work, keeps on being able to work, it's obvious he's got a foothold. Amen. Come on, can you see that? Yeah. If he's in your life and he's working in your life, how do you get in there? How do you get in there? Can you tell me the answer? How did he get in there? You let him or me, whoever. I know we don't like to admit it, but he can't get in there unless we let him in there. Amen. He got a foothold. And instead of just banging her head against the wall and why isn't this working, why isn't this working, why isn't this working, ask the Lord to show you. Be willing to go back and look and repent. Amen. And get his foot out of the door. Amen. Come on, can you see this? Amen. And cast down these imaginations and cast down these lies. Stand on your feet. I want us to pray and do it right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, lift up your hands. Let's focus on the Lord. Oh, praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Pray it out loud. Father God, I believe in you. I confess Jesus is Lord of my life. And I am kept by the power of God. I confess, Lord, your word is true. And if the enemy has place in my life, I gave it. I'm asking you, open my eyes, my ears, my heart, my mind, any place, any foothold that I've given the enemy reveal it to me help me to see any thoughts 
any feelings, any imaginations, I didn't cast down. I didn't reject any of these things that gave the devil a foothold in my life that I may be able to resist him, repent, deliver myself out of the snare of the devil and resist him in the faith and him flee from me and have no place in me in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on, somebody say, praise you, Lord. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.